You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, everyone, to episode 47 of the Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Laurie, and alongside me, as always now, I do have David Howman and Brandon Clements. Uh, the fourth member we teased last week is still MIA. He's somewhere in a different country, but I promise you we have located him. He will be back next week. Uh, of course, you could follow us on Twitter at, at Brandon is right, and that is W-R-I-T-E, at underscore D-H-4-4 underscore. And yes, I got to correct this week. It is at Icebreaker21. No need for correction on your end, Brandon. Um, I wanted to bring up first, you know, we were talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer with our game last week, and uh, I did see Oppenheimer. I thought it was a beautiful masterpiece, Howman. You didn't uh, talk about it enough in a way where it was just going to be a generational movie. So I really do think, Brandon, at some point you have to see it. But, Howman, I give you all the credit. You you convinced me. You got me to see it. And uh, I left the theater at one 1.30 in the morning. I saw a 10 o'clock showing. So that was pretty tough to kind of muscle through. But uh, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. And kudos to you for for throwing it out there for me. Yeah, I'm happy I was able to convince you, and I'm glad to see that you're putting in the work. You're you're doing overtime just to go and see this movie, uh, staying up late hours. Um, next one on the schedule, you got to see Barbie. You got to got to complete the double feature. Let me know what your thoughts are on Barbie, and and come back next week with some Kennedy. Let's get it going. Have we convinced you at all, Brandon, to see these? Like now that we're teasing it back to back weeks, I'm pretty sure our fourth member saw that uh, movie overseas. He went and saw Oppenheimer overseas. So do you feel a little left out of the group right now? No, I'm good. I mean, I'll be straight with you. I just I just watched a uh, a movie that came out like four years ago with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, the the Highwayman, which was uh, it was the Bonnie and Clyde. So I I just happened to see it on Netflix. I know it's you know from 2019, so I'm a little behind the times, but I finally. I finally put it on. It was something I've been wanting to see in the last couple of years. Like you guys alluded to last week, I'm usually a few years behind on these things. So like, it'll be like Oppenheimer three by the time I see Oppenheimer, the original, like it's just, that's just kind of where it goes. So I'm, I'm a little behind on the movies, but uh, Barbie, eh, I mean, unless the missus wants to see it or, you know, if, you know, if the, you know, if my, one of my, if my oldest daughter says, yeah, you know what? I want to go see it then. Maybe I'll suck it up. Um, I will tell you a quick story. My my nephew actually went and saw Barbie uh, this past weekend, and it was for his sister's uh, birthday party. And you could tell in the picture, he's like, Mom, get me out of here as quick as possible. <laughs> so I kind of feel like I, I feel that vibe. I feel like that's where I would be if I saw it. But, you know, if my, if my wife or daughter want to see it, I'm, I'm going to suck up my pride and go see it. Yeah, there were a few parties growing up where – being a triplet your brothers get invited to something because they have their friends and then you get kind of tagged along because it's like well we can't leave the other brother out 
and it's just absolute absolute misery. You feel like you don't want to be there. You want to be at home doing your own thing. But no, sometimes you get dragged along to these things, and it's not fun. So I sympathize with your uh, with your family member on that one. But I bring up Oppenheimer because it is, of course, an origin story about Oppenheimer and and his life and his story and where he went. And I do think that we forget that training camp is sort of the origin story of the team for that season. You know, right now the Cowboys are trying to build chemistry on the field in these workouts, in these practices for what we're going to see on the field in 2023. So training camp is something that we're going to be looking back on throughout the season saying, oh, well, we saw this connection between Dak and Brandon Cooks in training camp, and that's why Brandon Cooks is going for over 1,500 yards this season. You know, we see Tony Pollard healthy. He's explosive. This is why Tony Pollard is basically the third best running back in the NFL. So we can look back at these things. But first, I wanted to get your takeaways from week one of training camp. We kind of previewed it. Last week and what our expectations were, but after a full week, Hellman, I'll start with you. What was your one big takeaway from training camp for the Cowboys? My one big takeaway was that Dak Prescott looks every bit the guy that we were hoping to see. He came out and he was just absolutely firing on all cylinders, which you love to see. Um, I think everybody saw that that video that was on going around on Twitter of him, you know, throwing it into the net where while he's like on the move doing a play action rollout and it just goes right into the into the hoop that where he's trying to throw it just completely on target. Um, and some of the throws he was making too, both whether it was like doing the quick throws, there were guys like up in his face and he was evading them, which you'd like to see because a lot of the emphasis with Mike McCarthy taking over, uh, according to coach McCarthy has been on, um, you know, getting, getting the pass protection kind of figured out so that he's not under as much pressure, not getting hit as much. Uh, but also like you mentioned, Brandon cooks, going downfield and he's launching it to him, launching it to CD lamb down the field. Um, I mean, I, I understand like it's still obviously very early defense isn't quite up to speed yet. Usually the offense tends to look a little bit better in the first week or so, but I mean, to, to have him come out and just be absolutely on fire right from the start is always nice to see. And especially with the changes with the offense and things are just being done a little bit different it's nice to see that there's not sort of a, a lag period as he's trying to catch up. Now, you did jinx everything a little bit. We kind of teased this <laughs> last week in our episode. Uh, you mentioned a certain player possibly intercepting Dak and us overreacting. <laughs> Do you want to address that a little bit? Like kind of address the room, address the audience on that? Yeah, so so I I apparently have the power to manifest certain things. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was unable to manifest Leighton Vanderesh being a preseason cut, um, and I'm happy I didn't because he's turned out to just you know really rebound and he's been a heck of a player. I did, however, uh, as it turns out, manifest that Dak would throw an interception on the first day to specifically Eric Scott Jr. and that Twitter was going to freak out about it, which of course they did. Uh, I think I think that the really the part that was really the dagger in the heart for me was that the way that it the interception happened was because he throws through a ball right on the money to Simi Fihoka, who of course I'm a huge fan of too. Uh, and, and it bounces off of his hands, which we all saw all too well last year and goes into the hands of the defender. So I, I've got like a, a triple whammy of like predicting the Eric Scott interception. The fact that it was Simi Fihoko, someone that I've been really like hyping up this year and, and did last year too, before he got hurt and also the fact that it was another one of those tipped balls, which just a couple of weeks ago, Dak was saying, like, we're not going to have those tipped interceptions. Like, that's one of the things about this offense. <laughs> and 
day one. It's it's right there. So I'm sorry. I, I won't say anything bad on this one. I don't want to speak anything into existence. Yeah. So Brandon, uh, you and I will just continue the conversation for the rest of the episode. Uh, Hamlet <laughs> yes. will just be like a floater or a ghost in the background. Uh, but for you, I'm what... going to go watch Oppenheimer again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, do that. That'll take up the, the majority of the time. Uh, Brandon, for you, what was your big takeaway? To me, it's it's the the receiver room is so deep and so competitive. Like I I kept following the mothership on Twitter, all the different different writers and all the reporters there, and you know a lot of our colleagues are putting stuff out, including you guys. Like I I, I, I keep up. I mean, I'm working throughout the day, working my nine you know my nine to five, but uh you know I, every chance I sneak in, I'll check check Twitter for the newest updates and that receiver room. Every I'm seeing new highlights. Obviously, Brandon Cooks is doing his thing. He's cooking. He's he's. He was cooking down the sideline today. I mean, and, and last week he looked good. CeeDee Lamb is CeeDee Lamb, so he's, you know, he's doing good. Mike, Michael Gallup, he looks like he looks like he's really coming back into his own post-ACL. So he's going to, I think, season two after ACL is going to be a really good one. And then, like you alluded to at the beginning of the show, like a guy like Jalen Brooks, I mean, that guy, he's he's he, he's been play, making plays. Howman's guy, Semi Fihoko, he's he's been balling out. I mean, everybody on Twitter's loving it. I mean, I can't give him too much flack. You you're, you can't. I mean, I expect every receiver to catch every pass to hit you in the hands, but it's easier said than done. We're all not out there playing ball right now, so like I I can't give him a hard time for one pass that you know unfortunately kind of just you know stone handed a little bit and and landed in uh, Howman's favorite cornerback Scott's hands, but. He's ha- he's having a good camp. Tolbert looks like he's getting comfortable in year two, and then Turpin he's looking good. It's to me this wide receiver room is just it's gonna stink because there's some guys that are gonna be caught like Jalen you know even like a Jalen Cropper like another Jalen he he's another guy that a lot of teams if the Cowboys let him go he's not gonna he's not gonna stay in the practice squad. I think somebody will scoop him up. He he looks good. It's it's gonna be sad because. There are so many talented receivers and we can't keep them all. Like it's it's gonna be one of those tough situations where you gotta try to keep your best five or six, depending on how you're gonna look at Turpin. So it, it's and, and to be honest with you, Turpin, Turpin in some people's eyes, he he looks like a legit receiver four right now. And I know I know semi Fahoko fans out there might not be too happy about that, but you know, from what I've been seeing and reading, I mean boots on the ground are saying that uh, Turpin could turn it up and be the receiver four that people aren't talking about. So to me, the receiver room is great, and I stand pat on what I said last week, Dak 5K, because that's how great he's going to be this year. And I'll, I'll add this too, 40 touchdowns. Jeez, wow, we're just going mm. all in uh, after the first week of camp, but I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I, I definitely agree with you where the wide receiver room is completely loaded. We've seen a lot of highlighted plays. Really, after the first day with CeeDee Lamb having that acrobatic one-handed catch, it's like, He's been sort of quiet, but not in a bad way. Just like everybody else has been stepping up, and you've been hearing a lot more about Brandon Cooks, Jalen Brooks, Jalen Tolbert. And it's just you see all these guys. And I remember I saw the the depth chart at wide receiver for the New York Giants, for instance. And you see all these players and all these names. And they mentioned like maybe five or six of these guys are going to be on the roster. And they have guys like Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Paris Campbell, uh, they're Jalen Hyatt, they're rookie. And it's like, those are just four guys. And that's not even talking about a few of the other top guys that they have, like a Darius Slayton or even the, um, the other Sterling Shepard as well. So I looked at that and I said, man, that's, that's a, that's a hard problem to, to try and figure out. And then I look at the Cowboys depth and I'm like, Ooh, 
Yeah, they have a similar situation right now. And even Mike McCarthy talked about that this is going to be a really tough cut period for them. So I do think preseason is going to be very important. And not only that, but special teams. We hear about it all the time where a lot of these back-of-the-end depth pieces at wide receiver, like you need to contribute on special teams. Jalen Brooks, of course, was drafted because he's a core special teams guy. But if he can flash as being a great wide receiver – that's great for him. That kind of boosts him a little bit higher than some of these other guys. But Turpin has special teams ability with being a returner. You have Simi Fajoko, who's a special teams guy, too, being that big-body wide receiver. Could be more of the personal protector, kind of replacing Noah Brown. So it's going to be – it's a good problem to have, especially with the Cowboys and where they were at with wide receiver last year, trying to find guys that are healthy. Uh, but it is a problem that has to be figured out, and there might be a few guys that, that end up on the street that you kind of don't expect. So we'll see how this kind of transpires throughout the rest of the week. The the one thing I took away from that is just the scares in the secondary. You know, the Donovan Wilson injury we didn't really talk about because it happened after the fact when we recorded. So, of course, his calf strain and then Izzy McQuamu going down. Um, the opportunities for other guys, of course, like uh, Marquise Bell, you know, you step up in that position. Tyler Coyle, of course, too. But it does cause a little bit of concern where you're seeing around the league like these calf strains are popping up. I don't know if it's something with offseason conditioning, uh, conditioning, lack thereof. Does that concern you guys at all with, with Wilson and McQuamu kind of being injured right off the bat? Or is this something where it's I'm being too uh, you know depressed right now, I guess is the lack of the better word, and I just need to stay a little bit more positive. It's only been one week, and things are going to get better from here. Stay positive, baby. You gotta right. stay positive, man. It's and here's the thing with Wilson, especially like the injury came so early it was actually a blessing because all reports are saying week one is a certainty at this point unless he re-aggravates it, God forbid, and all that. And Mukwamu's not that you know he's not that far down the line either. So neither one of these guys are gonna be out for week one. I don't see it. So I'd rather have this happen now than preseason. You know, we're going into preseason week three. We're like, oh crap, we might be out. We might be without Wilson or Mukwamu for, you know, X amount of games. In this case, it's good. You know, a guy like Wilson, he's been around for a while in particular. So he knows the system. He knows what he needs to do. So for me, it's like, you know, let him, let him, you know, do his thing on a mental side, just keep his mentality sharp, let him, let him roll from there. And, and obviously slow play his work back. And the only thing we'll just see is to see how, you know, it, it might take him a game, maybe two, you know, especially if he's that close to the regular season to see, you know, if he's in game shape, quote unquote, but it, to me, I don't think it's a long-term lingering issue And Mokwamu, you know, I'm a little, you know, I'm more worried with him than Donovan because I, I think he, obviously he's a younger player than Wilson. So he's he needs every rep that he can get at this point. So, but again, it's not as, it's not as serious as it could have been. So I'm not that, con- I'm not that concerned about either one of these guys. I mean, I know you mentioned Sam Williams at the top too. And, and you know, again, it's a strain. It sounds like from all accounts. So it sounds like he's going to be, he's going to be okay. So, you know, even if these injuries are, you know, soft tissue type of injuries and it's, you know, it's, it's the first week or two of the training camp. I'm not that concerned. I'll be more concerned if it's like a week or two before, before the the regular season starts. So I'm, I'm good. What about you, Hamid? I mean, I'm just, I'm worried to comment on any injury related (laughs) something or other after, after last week. Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I'm right with you. Um, I'm not too terribly worried. I mean, I think uh, I think the Cowboys right now, um, they're, they're well positioned to where they have a bunch of young guys that they want to get some looks at. Um, similar with Zach Martin being out is like, you know, you're, you're not really too worried about Zach Martin not, you know, not being ready to play whenever he shows up. I mean, Zach Martin is 
the consummate pro. He's going to show up whenever he shows up, and he's going to be ready to go. But it is kind of a little bit of a blessing because you get to see what Josh Ball can do at guard now that he's officially fully moved into the guard slot. Uh, Matt Farniak, um, you know, if they're if they're going to try uh, well, let's go going inside, and then TJ Bass, the undrafted guy. Um, I mean, they've got plenty of guys to get some reps, and it's nice to to be able to see those guys and see especially how they're working with some of those first team guys. So, um, I mean, this is like you said, this is the time for for this to happen and for it to not be a super serious one, not something that's going to take a long time. And specifically with Donovan Wilson, I mean, we, we kind of forget it now, but earlier on in his career, he had a lot of issues staying healthy. And a lot of times, like, he, he kind of had a longer road to becoming a starter and entrenching himself as a starter just because he couldn't stay on the field. And, like, when he was on the field, you could see the talent there. You could see that he was just – he was a thumper and he had a knack for, for getting the ball, but he couldn't stay on the field. And so then, you know, kind of towards about halfway through his career, he started getting into this period where he kind of knew what he needed to do to ramp up when he came back from the injury – um, so like just physically, mentally, when he did get cleared, he was, you know, it was a, not a, not as long of a ramp up process for him. He was just ready to go. And so I feel like that experience does kind of do him well in this situation. I'm not too worried, but, um, at the same time, I mean, who knows now that I've said it, now that it's out loud out there, uh, I don't want to abuse my power. So I'll, I'll cut it off there. <laughs> I, you know what? You make me feel a little bit more positive about the situation. I think, like you said, if it, if it is going to happen, it's better now than, let's say, the third preseason game um, or the second one where then it's like his availability for week one is put in question, but not only that, but his week two availability. So I, I think that it's soft tissue, nothing crazy. Of course, it can be lingering, but if you can get it under control right now, and of course, Mike McCarthy is somebody where any sort of little injury that pops up, even Trayvon Diggs dealing with the toe issue, he shuts him down, makes sure that you get 100% healthy before even coming back to the field. So with that being said, I think that with us being recording on a Monday, the Cowboys had their first padded practice on Monday. So I think we'll go through a few little notes and nuggets from the padded practice. And of course, right kicking it off ironically with the pun. Uh, we're going to start with the kicking competition because Bones Fossil mentioned last week that he was going to wait till Monday to start the full competition, let the guys get the feel for training camp a little bit. Um, Brandon Aubrey and Tristan Viscaino started the kicking period going five for seven. They both missed two kicks apiece, but then when it came time for that mojo moment, we were hearing about that all throughout the hard knocks and everything last year. So Mike McCarthy's big fan of the mojo moment. Uh, shout out to Austin Powers. They go three for three with, of course, being the longest kick of 48 yards. So I think right now I feel good about the kicking position. I'll let you guys know that um, there's going to be an article coming out this week where I did an, an exclusive interview with Nick Novak, a former NFL kicker, longtime NFL kicker. He's coached both of these guys. He has confidence that one of them will be the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys this year. And he mentioned that, their work ethic is unlike any other. He's worked with a lot of guys, and specifically with Tristan, he said the one advantage that he could actually have over Aubrey in this situation, he doesn't want to play favorites, but he said Tristan was on the team you know, towards the end of last year, was the first one signed in February out of all the free agents. He said that continuity with the snapper, the holder, kind of going through the motions, that's important. So he said, if anything, he can have a leg up in that competition. And, of course, Aubrey having the soccer background, the one nugget that I teased last week that I found is that Aubrey went five for five in penalty kicks when he was at Notre Dame playing soccer. And to me, that shows a confidence level in not only him performing when the lights are brightest, but also making sure that every kick matters. He's consistent. So that's a little teaser for what's going to come out this week. But uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. 
the kicking competition, we we know last year it was a struggle to start. Not really a struggle right now to me. It's only day one. You know, I'm not going to kill the guys for this, but what's your overall feel now that the kicking competition has begun? I like it. I think it's, you know, it's iron sharpens iron. I know that's like a really cheesy phrase that everybody uses, but it, you know, you get these two guys in here and it's, it's live competition. You're getting some good reps. And for me, you know, yeah, I mean, there was a mixed bag. The mojo stuff was good. I'm happy about that. It's groovy and everything. So I'm happy all that, all with that. But you know, it is a little concerning that, you know, the five out of seven for each. And I know, I, I think Tristan had one that was really, uh, he, he mishit it really bad, and it was like went very wide. I, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to nitpick on one kick in one situation. Be like, oh yeah, he's he's done. You know, it's definitely Aubrey's job to lose at this point. But I think I think right now it's it, I think it's neck and neck. Honestly, I mean, it's neither one is really. You know, I know it's brand new. It's just happening, but neither one has really taken a leg up. Pardon the pun, but taken a leg up over the others in this competition. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think from what I'm seeing from the fans and other reporters out there, it's going to be a hot competition. I think I think fans are going to be loving it. The ones that are going to be, especially in attendance at training camp, that's going to be a highly contested uh, spot. And I think we're going to we're going to know here in the next coming weeks who's who's the guy there are some people out there that still want a Robbie Gold or Mason Crosby I think that ship is sailed I don't I think I think if they would have done it I feel like they would have done it at this point but we said that last year with the Jonathan Garibay and we saw how that all played out so it's it, it could happen it's you know a guy like Robbie Gold and, and a guy like Mason Crosby they're both older guys they've been in the league a long time so it's not like they need to come in and, and, and start getting reps because they're professionals. They've been doing it for a long time. I think the only way the Cowboys kick the tires on one of those guys is if both, you know, Tristan and Aubrey are just, they just flat out like they have the yips like Brett Maher did in the postseason. And just, it's like they forget how to kick. I don't see that happening. So, you know, uh, of course, I'm going to lean with Brandon because, you know, he's a Brandon. So, I mean, and I do, and I've seen Vizcaino, I've seen some of his work, but. For me, I kind of like a guy where I don't know if you guys saw. He there was a I don't know who who put it out there, but I wish I'd give him credit. But it was essentially Aubrey never watched football. Like he's not a, he wasn't a football fan. Like he was he's a soccer guy. So like and like you know then he started watching the game and you know family members were like, hey, you know you could kick better than than what's on TV. So I, I maybe I got the wheels turning there. I didn't read the whole article, but it was a good piece where it you know he. I think, like you said, the penalty kicks, and to me, that's that's equal level to a game-winning field goal because, as we've seen in the World Cup, whether it's men's or women's World Cup, you've seen some really good players. You see, they become very fragile because they miss a kick that they normally could do, like roll out of bed and just do out like half asleep. So, to me, it's I if I had to lean one way, I feel like it is Brandon Aubrey at this point. But it's I think it's still pretty knack and knack. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think, because it's 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 going to be a fun competition this uh, this summer. I, I, I have to be the, uh, the the native Nancy, the Debbie Downer here, because <laughs> um, you were saying how like there's still some people out there who, who want Robbie Gold or Mason Crosby. And it's me. I'm, I know some people. <laughs> um, I. I, I just feel like if if you have a Robbie Gold out there, if you have a Mason Crosby, like if they're out there and nobody else has brought them in, like well, one, I, I do think that part of that reason is just that they don't want to go through training camp. You know, when you're when you you've been in the league that long and 
like you just don't want to go out there and be in the heat and be doing all this working out if you don't really have to because at this point you're Robbie Gold, you're Mason Crosby. If you know as people get into end of August and they still haven't figured out their kicker, they're going to call you. You don't have to show up that early. Uh, so I respect it. They put in their time. Um, but if you can get somebody like Robbie Gold or Mason Crosby, like just their their experience. The fact that they, they've they been there, they've done it, they've done it at a reliable level, and they've done it for so long. I don't want to have an unknown at kicker. I'm not necessarily opposed to going. Like, if if John Fossil believes in one of these guys, like, I'll, I'll trust him. He's been a very good special teams coordinator for the Cowboys and throughout his whole career. If he says he's the guy, I trust him, and he handled last year's kicking competition well. Uh, it just so happened that the two guys that they initially brought in did not work out. And so they pivoted and kind of a similar deal where they brought in Brett Maher and nobody really was excited about him. Nobody believed in him because his last tenure in Dallas was very bad. And he ended up doing great until, of course, that last game. Um, so, I mean, I'm not ready to start, you know, calling for for Brandon Aubrey to be cut. I'm not going to do that. I, I always have faith in Brandon's. Um, I will never, never question anyone named Brandon. Um, so I'm going to still hold out hope, but, you know, this being the first day and them going out there and, and going five to seven doesn't give me warm fuzzies. It, it does remind me of last year's kicking competition because it was kind of a similar deal where, you know, going into it, everyone was like, oh, Jonathan Garibay, like this is going to be his job. Um, like he, all he has to do is just be competent. And then suddenly it was like, oh, they're both missing the same amount of kicks and it's a real competition. And then at the end, the Cowboys were like, neither of them wins. And we're, we're going, you know, it was between option one and option two. And we said, we're going to create option three and go with that route. Well, so, wait, I was going to say, way to play to your audience uh, with the Brandons on that one. Uh, yeah. You know, that well, was that was good. Right. Yeah, well said. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'm still pulling for Brandon Aubrey. I think his story is cool going soccer to, to football. Um, but, I mean, I, I still need to see more. Uh, and it was not the best first day for me, for my impression. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. I do think that because of what happened last year, of course, Cowboys fans and, and all of us are going to say, well, we need to see a little bit more. And I do think that we probably won't know anything about the competition unless like what you said, Brendan, it's absolutely terrible. We're not going to probably know anything until the preseason games, maybe after week one, week two, maybe the, instead of going forward on fourth down when it's in that sort of in-between range, uh, you know, where they could kind of go for the, for the, the first down, they'll just decide to kick a field goal just to test out the kicker's legs and under pressure um, situations. I do think that to have faith in the coaching staff is is completely fair as well. Like you mentioned, Hammond, where Fosso is not only a great coordinator, but he got the best out of Brett Maher last year to have a borderline Pro Bowl season before the wild card round. And I think people forget that, that he came out of nowhere, had a really great year. Um He's had success with Greg Zerline when he was here as a Cowboy as well, too. So I do think that he deserves a lot of credit. And then also their ability to pivot, like you talked about, where they're not going to go through this entire camp uh, trying to figure out between these two guys which one it will be. I think that if anything, if it's really, really bad, they'll reach out to a Robbie Gold or a Mason Crosby, like you mentioned. So I think all options are on the table, just like Jerry Jones mentioned um, at the beginning of the week. He said all options are on the table, but we get to see if we're, if we're proven wrong about that. So I think it remains to be seen. It's positive, but, you know, of course, being spoiled by uh, Dan Bailey in the past where he was Mr. Automatic, it, it's sort of you want it to be at that level. And if it's not, then it feels almost like it's something less than that. Um, the second uh, you know what I'm really waiting for 
I'm really excited for the first windy day of practice. Yeah. Yep. When everybody misses everything and then suddenly we go into full meltdown mode because oh, like they, they went one of eight. Like it, it, they're both terrible. Cut them right now. And then the coaches have to come out and say, well, there was some wind. Then we have to debate how much wind there was. I can't wait for it. Football's back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The, yeah, the overreactions, it definitely means football is back. Uh, maybe this is an overreaction. The other thing that came out today on Monday is that Ronald Jones is going to be suspended for the first two games of the NFL season uh, for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Howman, for you, any concern with Jones not only being on the roster now at this point? We know Mike McCarthy, when he talked about the running backs, he's sort of excited to see. He didn't really mention Jones by name. Maybe he knew this was coming beforehand. So any concern with him not only being on the roster entering week one or two, but now the depth at the Cowboys running back position entering the season? Um, I'm not too concerned about the depth just because I think Ronald Jones was probably already trending in the wrong direction for to make the roster anyway. Um, I mean, we, we had all seen, uh, you know, Malik Davis was having a pretty solid first week of camp. Deuce Vaughn looks just as agile and explosive as, as we all thought he did in, in the draft and why we were all so excited when they got him in the sixth round. Um, and Ronald Jones was kind of the forgotten man, and then he didn't really stand out uh, in that first week, and now the suspension comes. So um, I think uh, – I don't know if they're going to hold on to him through preseason and, and kind of see if maybe he makes it worth it to hold on to him or maybe they uh, maybe they just cut ties with him now and bring in someone else like, I don't know, Ezekiel Elliott or so, you know, someone like that who said that. Um, but uh, I, I, did, I did think it was interesting. I, I looked through the history of suspended players for the Cowboys since Mike McCarthy took over. Um, and it actually hasn't been that many. There, nobody got suspended last year, which is a positive sign for a coach in their third year. Um, and in 2021, of course, there were there were three players who got suspended. Um, one of them was Richard Robinson, who got suspended two games for performance-enhancing drugs. He's no longer with the team. One of them was Tristan Hill, got suspended a game for throwing a punch after that uh, Thanksgiving game with the Raiders. Uh, he made it through to the next year, but then they cut him halfway through the season. And then, of course, there was Layout Collins, who got suspended for not only failing the performance-enhancing drug test, but for bribing the test taker <laughs> and, and then being like, George Costanza, like, was that wrong? Should I, should I not have done that? <laughs> and, of course, then that offseason, they cut him and say, oh, it's a cap-saving move. And there were reports that, well, they just didn't, they didn't get along with him. They didn't trust him after that whole ordeal. Um, and then in McCarthy's first year, Luke Gifford, uh, linebacker, special teamer, uh, got suspended a couple of games. Um, and he was really the only case where somebody got suspended under McCarthy and then lasted multiple seasons afterwards. So I, I think the history has generally been that if you do something that's going to get you a suspension, McCarthy is generally he's going to start to lose tr uh, faith and trust in you. And especially if you're in a situation like Ronald Jones where you're a new guy and you don't already have some sort of pre-existing relationship with him, that's, that's kind of dangerous. And that's, that's not a good sign for you, especially when you're already in a crowded position room with that running back room um, and, and trying to make a good impression. So uh, I'll be really interested to see what his status is in the coming weeks. Yeah. And Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's interesting because, you know, now does this take his name out of the conversation and put Rico Daddle back in the conversation? I know uh, Mike McCarthy talked about Rico being a guy he really enjoys watching and, and what he's been kind of doing work-wise in the offseason. And to me, I always thought of Rico as well. You know, he's sort of been plagued by injuries. Unfortunately, I think that this is sort of the end of the road for him. But to me, now it brings it back. It br- brings his name back into the conversation. So, Brandon, for you, is Ronald Jones right now off the roster in your mind? Or does it s- seemingly maybe they'll put him um, on, uh, he'll keep him on the suspension list for the two weeks and then figure out where things are after those two weeks? Yeah, actually, I think, you know, it's not a positive for Rojo at this point, but in one positive, I like to look at things as a, as a half glass full. I always say that with Rojo, I think it, it gives him a shot to, you know, obviously, you know, he, I think he sticks in the roster. I'll just, I'll, I'll start there. I, I, I firmly believe it. You know, I, you know, I've been, you know, I was reading the mothership and, and you know, uh, no C uh, Patrick Walker. He, you know, he, he came out he was, you know, I, I trust what he says. He's got a good instinct for the game. And, and uh, you know, even he wrote a, a piece saying Jones, Jones has looked good. And, and he's looked, he's looked good in, you know, in camp so far. And it's, he, you know, essentially he's saying, don't count him out. Like the guy's a Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not as high on Rico Dottle as, as, as others, especially given the roster, the, the, the alignment on the depth chart at this point. I think, I think Ron, Jones, I think, I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to benefit the Cowboys because it's giving them two more weeks to figure the whole thing out. So it's going to be Malik Davis's turn, I think, because I, I think Deuce is definitely on the team. I think that's, I think that's pretty much a certainty at this point. Deuce and Pollard, those two are the two backs that I know are going to be on the team. Malik Davis, you know, with Ronald Jones, that that could have been. You know, if, depending if they go three or four, you know, deep at the position, they could be fighting for that spot. So for me, this is going to be a chance for Malik Davis to show what he's worth. You know, bust his hump at camp, and then bust his hump in the preseason, and also in those first two games of the regular season, and getting you know getting some really good action because I don't want to see Tony Pollard out there more than he needs to be. Get some if if Malik plays well in the first two games then I would say maybe we don't need to see Ronald Jones, uh, you know, with the Cowboys. It could be almost like, you know, like the Washington situation from last year at receiver where, you know, he showed up for a hot second, you know, and he came back. I mean, his was different injury whatnot, but the point was he came back. James Washington was, you know, he was in for a short time and then he was gone pretty quick. So it could be a situation of that. But for me, it's not going to hurt the Cowboys to keep Ronald Jones on the team at this point because you're just going to put him on the suspended list. It's not going to count against your 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 roster count. So at this point, I think you keep him. He can still practice. He can still do preseason. You're still going to see what he can do. 
And then from there, let's see what Malik Davis and, and, and some of the other guys can do. You know, again, you know, I'm not to, not to jump on, you know, jump off the Rico Dotto, you know, all that chatter. I just, I feel like if, if it would have happened, it would have happened already with Rico. So I, I'm kind of been out on him for the last year anyways. I mean, I'd like to see, I just want to see more Malik Davis at this point. And then obviously let's see some more Deuce Vaughn. So I think it's going to give these two young guys, you know, some extra reps in regular season games, which last time I checked, you get regular season reps, it's going to look good later in the season. So getting a Deuce Vaughn and getting Malik Davis some extra reps in the first two weeks of the season with Jones on suspension, it's only going to help the Cowboys. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Ronald Jones at this point. I think, I do think ultimately he's going to stay on the team. That's a great point. I think it's very similar to what happened with Dennis Houston last year where he made the 53 sort of buying time until Michael Michael Gallup got fully healthy. And then once he came back, then Dennis Houston, of course, was off the roster, went back on the practice squad. So I think that's a great point that you brought up. And again, it gives other guys opportunities and it's not something where Ronald Jones is going to be out of practice, out of preseason games. So the Cowboys are going to see, is he worth keeping on the roster for those two weeks? Because uh, a lot can happen in that time. Like you mentioned, Malik Davis and Deuce Vaughn can really flash, and all of a sudden, Ronald Jones just becomes a, a cut commodity, and then they bring somebody else on. So that's a great point. Uh, the next name that I want to talk about, too, with regards to maybe making the roster, Mike McCarthy was asked in his press conference on Monday before practice took place, and somebody asked about Jalen Brooks and sort of his development and what they've seen from him. And, of course, he talked about Jalen Brooks as somebody he was excited to see the pads come on for, and immediately it was sort of like, Howman, that reporter had the same sort of powers. You guys are kind of competing against each other. He kind of threw it out into the universe, and it happened where Jalen Brooks was making a ton of plays in the first practice with pads. Uh, We saw that he was getting working with Dak, with Cooper Rush, Will Greer, and he's been really, really good and flashing and caught the attention of a lot of reporters. Uh, so, Hammond, for you, when it talk when we talk about Jalen Brooks and his development as a rookie, being a seventh round pick, is it? I mean, we've seen it before where Noah Brown makes the team as a seventh round pick, so it's not uncommon for the Cowboys in their track history. But is it still an uphill battle for him, or do you think if he shows enough? Is he going to compete now with somebody like a Simi Fajoko um, where the, the preseason games are going to matter completely? Or is this somebody that you kind of just stash on the practice squad and then maybe see what happens next year? I mean, it, it's really hard to, to always figure these things out, especially a year after Dennis Houston came out of nowhere. And as an undrafted guy, I was able to make the roster. And obviously, yeah. as we saw, that did not last super long. Um, it was a great feel-good story for, you know, five minutes. And, but and he is still on the, the team. team he is still on the team. He is still on the team. And, I mean, I don't think, I don't think I've heard anything about him since. Um, but he is still on the team, so it could happen again. Watch out. Um, but, I mean, it, it really is uh, kind of a good feeling to have. Like we were talking about earlier, it's a good problem to have where, you know, you're looking at, uh, CD, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup as those top three. Jalen Tolbert, so far through camp, he's been looking so much better. It looks like he's probably the front runner for that that fourth wide receiver spot. Um, and then, you know, Cavante Turbin almost definitely making the roster, even if it's just as a return man, but he's, you know, he's a receiver and seems like they're trying to get him more involved as a receiver. So then it just becomes a question of how many receivers are you keeping? How deep do you want to go? Um, and that's where... Simi Fihoko really comes into it as well. And his ability as a special teams guy, and he has the experience. He's a veteran presence at this point. Um, and then with, with Jalen Brooks being the, the younger guy with some of the more, more excitement and they're, and they're talking about like, he's really kind of 
we, we feel excited about getting the pads on him, and then he has a really good first day with pads on. Um, it, it's going to be really tight, and like the coaches have already said, like it's going to be a tough decision on who to cut. If I had to guess right now, I would say probably that Brooks does not make the roster, and he ends up being a practice squad guy uh, and somebody that they kind of look to as more of that developmental kind, sort of similar to um, you know Cedric Wilson, how they kind of kept him in there for a little bit, and then he became that guy that gave you really good, uh, really good depth. He contributed on special teams long term and was able to step up when you needed him and when you needed to call his name. Um, they, I feel like that's probably what they envisioned for him. And and there's nothing wrong with having those young receivers right now, just sitting on the bench, learning from someone like Cooks, learning the offense, and then going from there. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that too. I mean, I, I, Jalen Brooks to me, he. He has the tools. I, I love the I, I love the Cedric Wilson uh, talk there. I, I was a huge Cedric Wilson guy when he got drafted out of Boise State in the sixth round. I, I actually, for for a long time, I watched a lot of the, the Smurf Turf games. I used to watch a lot of a lot of Boise State football, and he always popped off. And you know, when the Cowboys drafted him in the sixth round, I was very very happy about that. And it took him a little bit. He had some injuries in the beginning, but once he was able to show his ability. A guy like Cedric Wilson was, you know, he was a heck of a player, and he, he just got paid in, in that uh, one two uh, last year, this past uh, the last last off season with the Dolphins. So he made a he made a nice chunk of change there. So I mean, good for him. But with Jalen Brooks, the thing that I like about him is Laura, you brought it up. He played special teams. The guy, the guy is a multi talented dude. The and I, I do agree with Howman too, though, because. I, I think Simi Fajoko has been, I think aside from the the known drop that landed in Scott's hands, aside from that, he's had so far, you know, a good camp. So I feel like they're going to give the edge to Fajoko at this point because he's already been with the team. He's already been in the program for, for this, you know, for the last couple of years and, and, and Brooks is still learning. So I think, I think it, they're going to go six deep at receiver. And I, I say six with kind of a quotation because Turpin's going to be that. He's going to be listed as a receiver, but he's going to be on the team as a, as a specialist. We all know that. So I think it's going to come down to that fifth receiver spot. And I do feel like, I do feel like Fajoko right now has the edge, but it's cool to have a guy like uh, like Jalen Brooks and and, and uh, Moreno Cropper, you know, nipping at the heels. Like it's it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's also a good it's a good problem to have when you can have these guys stashed potentially on the uh, on the practice squad. I think Moreno Cropper is a guy I don't want to see on the practice squad because he's a he, I think he's I think he's a talented guy, and I think in this the way teams are are, are passing the ball, he's the perfect guy to be out in the slot. He he can he can he's he, to me he he has a lot of intangibles that you're looking for. I just don't want him to go to like a Buffalo Bills because that would just be awful. Because you know a guy like Cropper going to the Bills, the way they play offense over there in Buffalo, that would be a terrible situation. But I feel like I feel like a guy you know I feel like Jalen I think Jalen Brooks can. He's he's got enough talent where we could stash him, but he's also not as known of a commodity. I don't think around the league as is maybe a, a cropper. I know that it doesn't make sense because Cropper wasn't drafted, but Brooks was. But I feel like I feel like Brooks. I think you could s- slide him in to the practice squad and and let him sit there and take your chances there. 
versus, you know, a Moreno Cropper, where I think he, he, if he's not on the Cowboys for this year, I feel like someone's going to pick him up and he's going to play some meaningful football games in regular season. So that's, that's where I am on, on that. And again, Fahoko, I think has the inside edge at this point. I think Fahoko, as long as he doesn't start the stone hand and the ball nonstop through the whole, the whole training camp, then I think, I think if he doesn't know Brown it, I think he'll be okay. But at the end of the day, it's, it's his job to lose. I think the other guys, they're they're probably battling for a practice squad spot, or they're going to land somewhere somewhere else. I think that's where it is. I think for right now, you have Turpin as our receiver six. I'm just going to put him on the side. You got our big three, and then you obviously have the other Jalen and Tober as the receiver four, and then you have Fajoko at five. I think that's your five receiver uh, group right now. Yeah, I do I think. think- we need I think we need some like over under on how many Jalens make the team. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen's and Tyler's. I think that would be an interesting because uh, you have Tyler Coyle as well too. I think um, right. yeah, there has to be something somewhere in DraftKings or somewhere maybe the over under on on Jalen's entire Tyler's on the Cowboys roster. But to me, I also look at someone like a Jalen Brooks as if he is released and and is subject to waivers. I could definitely see somebody like a uh, New England picking him up and being a future Matthew Slater uh, as a replacement because if he has that special teams ability, that's probably something Bill Belichick had circled in the draft. And, and maybe the evaluators have, so I could see that being a possibility too. Uh, before we close out here, I wanted to address one more thing, and I think it was the quote of training camp so far. It was Mozzie Smith, of course, you know, talking about how he hasn't been able to get as much work in, you haven't been able to see as much of him because the pads haven't been on. Well, now that the pads are on, he came out and he said, uh, quote, I don't even like football. I like hitting people. And that means in the football sense, not in the uh, altercation uh, sense. We want to clarify on that. It's all football related. Um, Howman, for you, does this scare you to your core? It absolutely scares me if I was uh, Tyler Smith going across from him every day in practice. But the one thing I also wanted to ask is with Zach Martin being out, does that sort of hinder Mozzie Smith's development to go against an all-pro, perennial all-pro in Zach Martin and how he can learn a little bit more about playing the position, or does that not really matter at this point? You're just happy to see Mozzie Smith get all this work uh, on the defensive line. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm just happy to see Mozzie Smith getting some work and being able to use his physicality to his strengths. I mean, that was, that was one of his biggest things when you watch him on film in college was just he's just this this – Hulk and he just plays with that kind of physicality. He's not only is he big, but he uses it to his advantage, which sometimes you don't always see. Sometimes there's these big guys that they just aren't, they don't overpower people. And it just is frustrating to watch because it's like, why don't you use all your size? And he uses every single inch of it. And that's, that's what's so fun is because one, he was an elite run stuffer in college um, and the Cowboys looked at that and they saw the way that he uses his leverage and the way that he just overpowers opponents. And they said, you know, get him a little bit of work with Dan Quinn and Adam Derde, and that will translate really well to his pass rush as well. And I see why they were so excited about him. Um, so to be able to see him put the pads on and being able to get some work, whether it's against Josh Ball or Zach Martin or, uh, you know, prime Larry Allen re- restored with, you know, AI, um, you know, whatever it is, whoever it's going against, I'm happy to see him. And I love the attitude of like, I just like hitting people. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to, because it's overreaction season, I'm waiting for somebody to be like, oh, great. We wasted a first round pick on someone who doesn't even like football. 
Well, yeah, that's yeah. I can see that, especially from from Philly fans. Anytime Dak throws one bad pass, it's like, all right, y'all. It's like, all right, just take a step back. You worry about your own team. <laughs> the thing, the thing I love about Mozzie Smith in that quote, and we were talking about it briefly. Uh, you know, the, it reminds me in that case of a Danny Bateman from from the replacements. It's kind of. It's kind of funny because, like, I remember the one scene in the, in the movie where, like, they he, you know, the coach McGinty, who was played by Gene Hackman, was like, get, you know, he he pulls he pulls Bateman aside and says, get me the ball, and they and like he just starts revving him up, and like Danny goes out, you know, Danny Bateman goes out in the you know goes in the huddle, and the coach is on the sideline saying, oh my god, I hope he doesn't like hurt somebody, and he gets the ball. That's Mozzie Smith to me. Like he just he just wants to he just wants to knock some people around. The thing I will say that I I hope he channels his inner Danny Bateman where I feel like he he doesn't get off the ball as quick as I'd like him to I sometimes I feel like he's a just a touch off I want him to be kind of like that Danny Bateman where he's like a bull in a china shop and he sees red and just he just wants to go forward he's he, you know he's he's still a work in progress a lot of people a lot of people uh you know he you know notice that he's a little raw in certain aspects but there's so much to like about Mozzie and that quote right there. Like if he's not a fan favorite by week one, I don't know what else can, what else she could say to, you know, make that the case. But Mozzie's Mozzie, like I said, he's going to, he's going to stuff that, uh, that he's going to stuff that Jalen hurts Philadelphia Eagles special there. That, that little Philly, that little Philly sneak special is not going to work against a guy who needs special uh, weight room equipment because he's just that, he's just that strong. And uh, you know, Jason Kelsey is just going to be, he's going to want to retire after he faces Mozzie. That's, that's what's going to happen with Mozzie Smith this year. I just, I, I think he, he's, again, like I said last week, he's not going to fill the stat sheet. So if you're just looking at the box score, you're going to be like, oh, this guy's a waste. But when you watch the film, the guy's a wrecker. He's a, like, like Common said, he's a run stuffer. He's a, he's a beast right there. And, you know, that's the thing that the Cowboys really needed is, is some beef in the middle. And, and with him and, and Jonathan Hankins, like there's some beef in the middle right there. And then obviously Ose isn't obviously going to be in there as well. So it's, to me, I I'm really looking forward to seeing this uh, this this nasty side of Mozzie Smith. I want to see some angry Mozzie Smith on, uh, especially against the Eagles. I want him just to just to, to go hard on those Eagles players because why not? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. I think uh, until we see a Baldy's breakdown of Mozzie Smith, then the world will know how good of a player he is. But it's like until that point happens, I think. The pressure of being a first-round pick and being a defensive tackle that the Cowboys haven't drafted since Russell Maryland in the first round, I think that'll be sort of something that plays against them media-wise. And people will say, oh, well, we haven't seen the pass rush that we heard about. But like you mentioned, Brandon, the stat sheet will not be piled up. And if he can show anything to be that dominant player like he was at Michigan, I think that people are going to really start recognizing that right away. And then people are going to start knowing that Mozzie Smith is a dominant defensive tackle. Oh, 100%. And, and actually, I, I forgot to mention just a second ago, Howman was talking about him facing Josh Ball. I don't think Josh Ball wants that to happen. I just uh, just putting that out there. <laughs> I think it, if if Mozzie Smith is going to face Josh Ball for, you know, even for like a portion of his career, you might as well just get him up to Canton. That's just where it goes. But wouldn't you want to be going against Josh Ball, though? Like for, for Josh Ball's development, you know, like I want Josh Ball gone. How he's, how he's struggled in the past. So what better way to just like, prepare him and like baptize him than be going up against Mozzie Smith. He doesn't even like football. He just wants to knock Josh Ball around, which I, I think every Cowboys fan can relate to. 
Well, I'll say this. I'll add to that too. Speaking of speaking of getting uh, bap- baptism by fire, the Smiths, Tyler and Tyron, actually doubled up on on uh, on Mozzie. So uh, it was uh, it was like a Smith affair. I don't know what was going on there. It was uh, it was it was. But they but you know, Mozzie to his credit, he showed enough there where he looked okay. But uh, I mean, when a guy like Tyron Smith and a guy like Tyler Smith are teaming up on you, it, it's it, it's it's tough sledding. And Mozzie did a good job there. And and. If, if, if there's a guy that I I would rather see instead of Josh Ball, you mentioned it, T.J. Bass. Like, he's not – you know, he he's very unheralded. I, I could have seen him being drafted this past year out of Oregon. Like, he has the intangibles. He's an interior offensive lineman with a lot of potential. He's – you know, I, I think for him he's very technically sound. So, a guy like him versus a guy like Josh Ball, I already think, in my opinion, I think he's already a better NFL player than, than Josh Ball. Josh Ball is and will be. I just – you know, I don't mean to throw shade at Josh Ball. I just, it, it kind of, it, it, you know, watching him play for the brief moments that he did, it it gave me like Chaz Green all over again. And I just, you know, I I don't want that on the roster. I just, I got to protect, got to protect Dak at all costs. So like for me, anyone that's a liability just has to go. We got to, we got to protect our quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a great point, and it's something that we're going to have to see throughout this week with the training camp. Padded practice is kicking off. Um, really quickly before we close it out here, I want to give you guys an opportunity to do like a quick quick hit, something that you're looking forward to this week that we'll maybe touch on next week. Halman, I know you've been manifesting a lot of things lately. Uh, maybe keep it positive this time with where you're going to go. So what's something that you want to happen and want to see this week? Um, something that I really want to see is – more, more of the tight ends, um, and specifically, you know, on Monday with the with the pads coming on, um, a lot of the focus for the tight end group was they were just primarily blocking, and we know that you know they're going to be doing some blocking and they're going to have a lot of blocking uh, assignments, and you kind of expect that with Jake Ferguson coming from Wisconsin. Peyton Hendershot filled that blocking role almost exclusively as a rookie. Uh, Sean McKeon is is the same type. He's he's been frequently used as a blocker first and foremost. Um, but I want to see what they can do as a receiver. I want to get, see them get out there and, and you know, dust some linebackers and safeties and, and you know, put on some moves. And just, you know, just to really test my limits of how, how much I can manifest these things happening, I want to see Luke Schoonmaker get cleared, get back on there. We saw on Monday he was taking some mental reps off to the side and he's saying, like, he feels like he's getting closer and I would just love to get that monkey off our backs of already being worried about Scootmaker not being ready for the season and already being worried about him being a bust. Because I think when he's full go and he actually gets out there and can show what he's got, people are going to be kind of impressed with his athleticism. He didn't get to show it as much uh, at Michigan as he probably would have if he had a more prominent role. Um, I, I think people will be impressed with him once he gets out there. So I'd like to manifest that that's going to happen this week and, and he's going to go out there and just really wow everybody. What about you, Brandon? I mean, for me, I'm from one rookie to another. I just want to see some more Deuce Vaughn. I mean, it's just watching Deuce like come out of the, you know, in in the, on the line of scrimmage. He's so tiny. He looks like he's running against like, you know, he, he looks like he's in middle school versus like grown men. It's I love it, and he's so effective. And it's every time he's every time he's out on the field, like he he just looks electric, and it's. You know, it's cool to see a guy who doesn't have the the normal stature that you're looking for, the normal size, but he he's a gamer. The kid can play, and and 
every time he's out there, I just, I'm waiting for him to keep breaking it loose. And, you know, I, I was watching some of the highlights from today and, you know, in the past, in the past few days and he looks great. And I just want to see, this is, I'm hoping this is just like a deuce bond training camp. Like I'm just, I'm rooting so hard for the guy. I, I, you know, obviously we know his story. We've heard the story a lot. Like it's, it's, it's a cool story, but you know, from a football perspective, he's a hell of a football player. He's, you know, he's done a lot of great things at the highest level in division one against a school like Alabama, where he, he broke off like a 90 yard touchdown in a very, very prominent game. So like Vaughn's a legit player. I don't care about his size. I think in, I think he he can become, and I'm not saying he's there yet, but he can, he can become another Darren Sproles. And if you know if we can get even a little bit of Darren Sproles and Darren Sproles is prime with the Cowboys, this is going to be a lot of fun for a few years. And and I just want to see as much Deuce Vaughn as possible. I was going to say the tight ends, but you know Hellman, you know I was thinking in the same line with him with Luke, with Luke Schoolmaker. So I had to come up with something on the fly there. But uh, you know Deuce Vaughn is my guy, and and. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing as many Deuce Vaughn reps as possible. I I do want to see the uh, the helmet come off, the concussion cap, um, only because he really looks like Toad right now with sort of like the mushroom head and and the size. So uh, I don't want that to be uh, become a norm for him and and just kind of get away from that. Uh, the one thing, actually, you know what? Just for the heck of it, because it was his birthday this past week, um, I want to see Isaac Alarcone and and what what Dan Quinn sees in him as a defensive lineman. I, I think that there's been a lot, of, a lot of positive talk about him transitioning from offensive line to defensive line, what he can bring at the defensive tackle position. Of course, he's out of his exemptions from the roster being an international player. So if the Cowboys want to keep him, he either has to be on the active roster or be a practice squad player. I think he would be a great practice squad fit. But where's the development? Where's the vision? And now that the pads are coming on, I think that we're going to be able to see a little bit more of that. And again, because it's his birthday, shout out Isaac and everything. Listen, the guy is stuck around the Cowboys roster. I mean, that's an unbelievable feat in itself. So the fact that he's transitioning, he looks bigger. He's always been a strong guy. I think it'll be really cool to see him um, eat up offensive linemen like birthday cake like he did in Hard Knocks. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, so while we're closing this out, Halman, what's your Twitter handle again that people can follow you? And then Brandon, plug yours too. Yeah, my Twitter handle is underscore DH44 underscore. And I try my best to keep up with all the Cowboys highlights. Sometimes it's like they're all coming at you at once and like you see like four different angles of the same Brandon Cooks deep shot. And you're like, was that the same one or did he already do it again? Because you never know with him how fast he is. And I'm, I'm over at Ice at Icebreaker 21. Lori, thanks for getting that right this week. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. You know, the first week, uh, you know, we didn't get the, the 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 plane landed just right on that, but uh, this week we uh, we we straightened her out and landed nice and smooth. So you can find me at Icebreaker Twenty One. Uh, I I post randomly. I, I know you guys uh, you guys are posting a lot more than I do, but as the season's starting to pick up, I'll be uh, I'll be getting a little more active on there. But you know, for for me at Icebreaker Twenty One, you, you're never gonna miss anything uh, too crazy because I'm always putting some fun stuff on there when I when I when I do tweet. And we'll make sure that your uh, your movies and your Twitter, uh, or now X, uh, everything's up to speed uh, for you. We'll make sure we'll get on that for 2023 uh, for you. So for me, it's going to be at Brandon is right, and that's W-R-I-T-E. So for Brandon Clements and David Howman, I am Brandon Laurie. We will talk to you guys next week on the Writer's Block Podcast. And, of course, as always, go Cowboys.
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.